It is, once again, Figure Friday. I'm EA Henson. That's Josh Wallen. Uh, this is kind of a year in review. Our year in review pop culture is what we're calling it, since we covered all the toy stuff that was fit to print with the last go around. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. How was your Christmas? We did this bit last year. Yeah, I know. But- <laughs> uh, it was great, Eric. I opened all of my toys and had a lot of fun. Isn't it weird that we're wearing the same clothes that we were wearing? Uh, so weird. Two weeks ago or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah, it's a good look. My my commitment to the, that's the the uh, length of my commitment to the bit. Wow, well, you shouldn't have pulled the curtain back so soon. We could have kept it going. I'm sure that we had them all fooled. Yeah, I'm sure we did. So yeah, um, like I was saying, this is going to be a year in review for pop culture. Uh, I was having a good think about this when I was doing my my notes because you were kind enough to write up a running order for us. And it's really just a blur. Like I had to do some uh, before we went live on this. I had to do some research and actually see what happened this year. So, yes, <laughs> I don't know if you have any clear pop culture memories, but uh... no, I'm with you. And <laughs> unlike you, I didn't get to do much research going into this. So it'll be even more exciting when I realize what actually happened this year. Yeah, it's not water in this coffee mug. They now. So, um, kicking it off, uh, favorite movies of the year. I'm going to throw it over to you. What did you see this year that you were just like, yes, that was a favorite movie of mine? Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of movies. I mean, we've got all the, what, I don't even know what Marvel released this year. So it's there, been there were three forgettable. Uh, one thing above all else stands out and that was everything everywhere all at once okay still haven't seen it it's uh i have access to see it but yes that for me was the movie of the year uh i didn't know that uh i could take such immense pleasure in watching a a woman in michelle yo act as uh, the owner operator of a laundromat and save the world like before 2022 that was not a thing that existed in my mind and the fact that it became a reality uh such a beautiful reality everything everywhere all at once was by far the greatest movie i saw this year okay and it's on my list and i will try to knock that out before the calendar year is up because like i said i do have access to see it it just has like i've been busying myself with uh other pursuits like uh weather stripping my windows and yeah. uh tearing the carpet out of my hallway and rewatching the entirety of deep space nine well that's the important one yeah. right there it's just for me uh, a lot of new media that comes along right now i'm just kind of like uh, like i love the marvel and disney stuff don't get me wrong but it just it's i'm going through the motions at this point we'll talk about that a bit later but yeah uh i actually did watch a new movie last week okay uh that i was pleasantly surprised i I wouldn't even say pleasantly surprised by like i didn't think it was going to suck by any metric but i was pleased with how good it was which is uh weird the el yankovic story oh on roku on roku i just i didn't watch it on roku but uh (laughs) or or the app or anything so uh but it was it was fantastic like it was if you loved UHF as a kid or as an adult or Weird Al uh, from any era, like this movie is such, it's so on brand. And the people that they got to be in the movie, as well as uh, Daniel Radcliffe, like nobody took this seriously, which was amazing. Like that was, it's like, it, it was a movie that was just made for a laugh. And you don't see that anymore, really. Yeah. Entertain me. We It feels like a lot of times we get away from the whole entertaining part. And, uh, you know, we used to look at certain filmmakers, uh, another potential movie of the year candidate. Uh, I haven't even watched it all. Would have been Senior with Robert Downey Jr. and his dad. Oh, Did right. you watch that? I it's, it's on my radar. Haven't watched it. You know, it's not high on the list. Okay. So, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s father was this you know, very, he was a guy, experiential filmmaker making very, very obscure art house type movies, you know, in the vein of like David Lynch or, or something to that effect. And 
the fact that we're in a world where we're taking chances on just weird Al movies and, and making them the best we can, it reminds me of the similar sense of humor that looks to be in, uh, what is it? Is it Greta Gerwig that did the Barbie movie? Yeah, that that's coming up. That's uh, definitely interested in that. That is like, I'm super curious what, to, what direction they're going to go with that. Yeah, I had no interest in watching a Barbie movie until I saw that trailer. And it's like, okay, there's more here than just simply, you know, Ryan Gosling in hot <laughs> pink on a beach. I mean, I was sold on that from the get-go, but... Uh, Amen. So with, uh, you know, the Weird Al movie, it's... I don't want to say they play it completely straight because the movie is a farce from start to finish. Okay. But it is a perfect, you know, lampoon or parody of the biopic genre and with you know shades of kind of like lifetime movies like it's real just kind of they committed they committed to the bit like uh it hits kind of all the tragic backstory you know hallmarks that you would expect to see in one of those type of movies and daniel radcliffe just turns in a fantastic performance as weird al and they don't really make any bones about the fact that weird al is actually He's lip syncing to Weird Al, which Weird Al did re-record a bunch of his old music for this movie. Yeah. Uh, so that it would, you know, sync up with uh, what they were doing. But it's just, it's, it brought me an immense amount of joy, which is more than I can say for any other new movie that I saw this year. I, I'm happy to see that Daniel Radcliffe not only was able to shake the the typecasting of Harry Potter, but he just embraces these weird, uh, roles, uh, very, very eclectic type roles. It reminds me similar to what I saw f- as far as like a career trajectory from going from like franchise work, uh, similar to like Elijah Wood, mm-hmm. where Elijah Wood picked very, very, the things that interested him and the things that he found humor in and that he wanted to, to play were very, very eclectic. And I, I think Daniel Radcliffe is doing similar things that, and I think the greatest thing about that is because they enjoy the property or they enjoy what they're doing so much, it really comes through in their performance and it's not just phoned in. They're really taking care with the work and everything I've heard about the the weird Al movie has been nothing short of phenomenal. So I'm very excited once it's more widely available to, to watch it myself. Yeah. If they do a physical release, I'll probably pick it up from my shelf. That's yeah. uh, how much I like the movie. And, you know, with respect to Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood, you know, that's what you can do when you have that franchise money mm-hmm. sitting in your bank account. You can actually take risks like that or, you know, chase your joy or do weird roles. Like, uh, are you familiar with Swiss Army Man that Daniel Radcliffe did? Is that the one with the farting zombie? Yeah, he plays a corpse. Essentially. Okay, yes. And Paul Dano finds him in the woods and they have adventures and it's just it's a ridiculous movie and i think i don't know if that was one of those things that made me like sit up and take interest in his career but he's always picking out these like it's something that he's interested in which interests Mm -hmm. me and you know i'll be curious to see if he ever gets involved with another franchise like there's always the looming threat of more harry potter movies now that they're all in their Mm -hmm. 30s but uh didn't he do like a nude scene on on Broadway or off Broadway in some play about a horse? Or yeah, he was in uh, Equus. It's a okay. uh, fairly famous play where he, you know, just got got his trousers off and uh, you know he did that like pretty much I think right as he was done with Harry Potter. So it was kind of like an act of rebellion almost, or you know he it was a fairly well known play that he was doing, and it's just not an issue for him. Yeah. And and that's what I think the point that I was trying to make with that is just what when somebody cares about something so much that they can do that. And uh, like that could have killed someone's career, you know, five, 10 years ago by just never being able to bounce back from that. But when you steer into it and that's really what you're passionate about, it really comes through in in the rest of your performances. So outstanding work. I had that kind of money. The first thing I would do is would be get my pants off also. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah, so let's just get it out in the open because here no, from here on out, I can be in my like without my pants all the time, and it's just going to be another day at the office. Exactly. Like so, more power to them. And like I don't know, like uh, with the whole franchise question, I'd be curious to see if he does get involved because his name was floating around for Moon Knight like for a while there. Mm. And, okay. Like I don't know if he would 
you know, get involved in like the superhero genre, or if there's even a superhero that they could, you know, make out of him. Like he, he's pretty jacked in uh, the Weird Al movie, which is also hilarious. Mm-hmm. So throw some mutton chops on him. Maybe he's Wolverine. Who knows? I've heard people suggest that. And he's, 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 he's a short man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I, I'd be interested. Like I, I, I might be interested in seeing him in a movie trailer, Jack dressed up as Wolverine. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe like along the line, since James Gunn is redoing uh, the DC universe, maybe yeah, we'll he's your that. new, maybe he's your new Constantine, and you'd actually do some fun stuff with you know the Hellblazer type series. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about that more in a bit. Uh, All right. Favorite series of the year. What were you watching this year? Uh, I think for me, it's been one of those really, really weird years where the things that you weren't expecting to deliver delivered in big ways. And the things that you were really excited to watch are just kind of like, eh, they happened, whatever. Are you, are you alluding to Marvel and Star Wars stuff? Yes, very much so. <laughs> like the Disney Plus series have been we've fallen into this weird cycle where they're they're great when they're on but they're very very forgettable mm-hmm. at the end of the day i mean nothing really stays with you and i think that's why andor was a really good series to watch because yeah it was the least star wars star wars thing that's been on in a while but everything is just everyone is doing an acceptable job as far as the acting is concerned and for the first time you really get to see like what real shitholes the empire were, you know, <laughs> it's just, it, it wasn't just like the big spooky guy out in space who, who has magic powers. Like you get to see like the unjust and I don't know how anybody can watch that and not draw correlations with what's going on in society today, but y'all have been rooting for the wrong team. If you're still out there, you know, trying to get political with it and you're you don't see the politics in in star wars that are blatantly slapping you in the face each week on disney plus i think the uh most uh culpable threat in andor is that jar jar banks could show up at any time never know yeah he's out there like we're already wondering if we're gonna get job of the hut for season two because uh, diego luna has expressed uh on multiple occasions his fascination with uh job of the hut so Hopefully he'll be able to live his best life. So is is Andor your pick for favorite? I, yeah, because after Andor, I, I've started to see where, you know, Andor does a really good job. And, and I think what maybe it's just me getting older as, you know, a, a viewer of content. But whenever I start to see exposition and people starting to like, help you with the narrative on screen it becomes extremely frustrating and it feels like what are we doing here uh so i watch something like willow that's going on right now and i had really high hopes for willow and it's just not clicking for me because it feels like every other scene is somebody coming in explaining 15 pages of things that happened off screen that we didn't get to see and it doesn't have the luxury of having a beautiful nostalgia fan base in this rich tapestry of history that Star Wars universe has. So when Obi-Wan Kenobi comes in and like, hey, they they found the tracker that must obviously have been implanted in Lola back in, you know, two episodes ago. Like Willow comes in and tells me all this stuff that happens with magic off screen. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's just see, I'm I've, clicking out. I've got zero love for Willow. Like, I have no nostalgia for that property at all. Like, the movie came out. I saw it on HBO as a kid a couple of times. Uh, funnily enough, there there was a series of Willow novels that were co-written, quote-unquote, by uh, Chris Claremont and George Lucas that are just absolute insanity. Like, uh, they read... There's a Bad Books podcast I listen to. It's hosted by Mike Nelson from MST3K. And they read Shadow Moon, which is just an absolutely bonkers... Uh, take on the willow story which i guess the uh tv series felt free to disregard Hmm. so but yeah it's just not like it's not even on my radar right now i've heard it's not great and i just i like i was saying i'd much rather be watching star trek deep space nine i'm really hopeful that it's one of those things where maybe they're doing this all tongue-in-cheek and like i'm just not catching on to that yet but it's just it's not that good. And I, I keep wanting to go back and saying like, 
yeah, you know, maybe Warwick Davis just isn't as good an actor as maybe <laughs> we remember him from. But I mean, you go back and you look at his work on uh, that HBO series that he did where he was the main lead and it was basically him doing like a Larry David type version of himself. And he was great in that. You know, I really enjoyed that series. But now we get into this and it's like, I don't think the material is doing him any favors <laughs> in trying to cover anything up, which might be short sighted on him as an actor. But it's just it's not I'm, great. I'm just glad he's getting paid, you know, honestly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Never going to slight anybody from caking up whenever they can. So favorite series, uh, you know, Andor seems like the obvious choice. It was great. I can't deny its greatness. It was an incredibly well put together, intense show, and it really shows what is capable with uh, Star Wars on the small screen. Like you're getting a big screen show. They, they didn't shoot it in the, in the volume, like the virtual mm -hmm. environment. Well, yes. not entirely. They went to actual places and you know put up green screens or they went in the mountains and did stuff. And like, there's no denying that it's an amazing, great show. Uh, but if I had to pick a favorite for the Star Wars, I w it has to be Kenobi for me, honestly. Okay. And it just, like Kenobi gave me, it was exactly what I thought it should be. It gave me everything I wanted. Like Mandalorian, we didn't, it's an unknown property. Book of Boba Fett was fine. I think a lot of people are upset about that because it was just him farting around trying to build his criminal empire and not. Like I saw one maniac online that wanted like a John Wick style Boba Fett show on Disney Plus. Just him executing people for eight episodes, which, you know, chill out, talk to your therapist. That's, you know, he got out of the pit and then he hung out with the, with the, the sand people for six episodes. And then the show got better when the Mandalorian showed up. I don't think he took pleasure in in being a bounty hunter. It was just kind of like that's his gig. <laughs> he needed his a job. father. His father was a simple man making his way in the galaxy. And I don't think that he has uh, illusions of just wanting to be some badass that walks around intimidating people. I think he just wants to be like Thanos and chill in his garden, but he's got to pay the bills. I think you're more right than you know, but yeah. like, uh, yeah, they're just maniacs out there. that wanted, you know, yeah. like, yeah, he Boba Fett totally enjoys, you know, killing people and whatever. But, you know, back to Kenobi, it was, like I, I have no great love for the prequels. Like since they came out when I was in college, I don't have the nostalgia goggles, which a lot of the Star Wars YouTubers seem to have. And there's a lot of prequel apologists. Like they were fine for what they were. Like some of them are still watchable, but I'm not going to carve out time in my day to watch episode one ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, it was a, the show, to me, the show justified its existence. Mm -hmm. Because so episode three ends, episode four starts, uh, you know, for all we know, he's been sitting in the desert for 20 years, turning into Alec Guinness. Yeah. And it's 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 incredibly like it's I hate it when other stories do this. Well, it's like we never said he didn't leave Tatooine, which is the shaky precipice that the the show rests on. Yeah. And it justified ex its existence. Like mm -hmm. it gave him the connection to Leia there was some really good stuff like with it's like, Oh, Hayden Christensen is actually a decent actor when he's given proper direction and a good script. So yeah. it, it's good to see him, you know, working and doing justice to the character and kind of, it makes the prequels retroactively better. Kind of like how the clone wars is what people focus on instead of the actual prequel movies. Cause all the exposition and character growth is done in a cartoon that, you know, the general public didn't really watch, but it was great watching Ewan McGregor come back. Uh, it had all the Jedi stuff I love, lightsabers. It was just fantastic. The The prequels were terrible. But Filoni went back, and over the course of, what are we at, like 20 years? How many yeah. years has this been? 99 was when, uh, when the first one came out. So and 20... 2000, 2005 was the last one, was Revenge of the Sith. 20 years of the Dave Filoni apologist tour of the prequels and going back and structuring up that house of cards and layering in the foundation to make all of it make sense. None of it, none of it works. If Filoni doesn't come in and say, you know, I really think George did a great job. Yeah. You know, like it did awesome. Like it, it's, there's so much better, but like 
I just want my Ahsoka. Like, give right. me that series. Like, because we we could sit here and we could talk about, uh, you know, the beautiful, nuanced storytelling that was the finale of the Kenobi series when when him and Vader finally have that battle, and he's like, "You didn't kill Anakin." I killed Anakin. Right. And like that, that beautiful moment where it's just, that was all the release that you needed from, from Obi-Wan to get him back into like, you know, Jedi Knight mode and Jedi master mode. And, and a lot of what we saw this year from star Wars was, was like about closure and trying to figure out like how we ch- close this chapter and create something new for us to, to get to. And I think that that really put a bow on, the prequels, like that's that should be the end of it. Now we can start going in and just telling like fun stories from parts of the universe. We don't have to build the lore mm-hmm. anymore. We don't have to reinforce what the prequels are. Now we can take those characters that have been fully realized, the Kenobis, the Vader, the Soka, and you can put them in new scenarios and we can try to make them work. And, and they've got that layer, that nuance that came from everything that Filoni has been doing in the past 20 years. And that's what I'm excited for, for the next chapter of Star Wars. Yeah, Kenobi was really retcons done right, in my opinion. Yes, like, I would agree. It existed on its own strengths, and it kind of bolstered the surrounding media, which if they do another season, as much as I want to see it, they're going to be pushing it. Like, you know, I don't know what they could do for another season, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be angry at it. I also think the thing that uh, the big disservice, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit uh, with our, our figure episode is this cycle that we get in where things are amazing for the short period of time, whatever the news cycle is, the the shelf life is for that series. Just to go back real quick. Kenobi pulled one of the greatest okie dokes in that you assumed he was going to be on some crazy ass adventure with Luke on mm-hmm. Tatooine, protecting Luke on Tatooine. And they immediately pulled in Leia, something that no one saw coming. And if you remember going going into the series, it was all hush hush. And there were a lot of reshoots and people were really nervous that maybe it's not going to be as good a series as we thought, when in fact probably a lot of the secrecy was to keep the whole Leia storyline hush hush. And they pulled it off magically in a world where things get leaked all the time. I don't ever recall hearing that get leaked at all until she showed up on screen and that sure joy. It went back to like these magic moments that Filoni keeps giving us when you see the X-Wing pull into the fighter bay uh, at the end of Mandalorian, it's like, oh shit, is it really Luke Skywalker? He did the same thing here where you get that that moment where you're not sure something is who it is, but then you realize that it's Leia and it's just the heavens open up and the Star Wars gods rain down this beautiful light as on you as a fan. And it's just, I love when that happens. I love it. And I did go back and like after Kenobi wrapped up, I went ahead and dusted off my copy of the original Star Wars and watched that. And, you know, it actually makes the movie a bit better. Yes. Like it's it's already a, you know, it's impossible to say if it's a good movie or a great movie anymore just because we have 40 years of nostalgia, 45 years of nostalgia for that movie. But, uh, you know, it doesn't diminish the original movie. It, you know, supports it. So that was really something, in my opinion. I, I think we're going to get this period of time for like maybe the next five years where Filoni and uh, Favreau really take care in trying to uh, everything that they did for the prequels over the past 20 years. I think they're going to try to do with the original trilogy and really add more layers to the original trilogy. So to your point, you'll be able to go back and experience those movies and find little details throughout that you can appreciate even more. But the real trick is going to be when he gets into the sequel trilogy and tries to <laughs> make something out of that shit show, because then we're going to find out whether or not he could really tell a story. And it's funny because we're basically just singing the praises of uh, Disney strip mining a corpse at this point, which, yeah. you know, it's just, it, I had a friend, uh, a couple of friends at that. They aren't comic book fans at all, but they've been hearing all the buzz about WandaVision. They're like, should we watch it? And I was like, honestly, no. I was like, unless you have like 18 movies of context, you know, going in, it's just kind of, it's, 
I don't know. It's it's the content that is targeted specifically at us, and it it is what it is. And it's impossible for me to say if it's bad or good anymore. Did I enjoy it? Hell yeah. And that's you know, but it's it's difficult from a critical standpoint. Like, but it's it's really no different than what we had in the past, as far as like your Hollywood movie blockbusters were never going to get the type of critical acclaim that you as the consumer would have wanted them to see. That's why things like the people's choice awards, you know, mm-hmm. came around where like, we're going to give the awards to things that everybody liked, as opposed to the things that spoke only to the critics. And like, I, I understand what you're saying. And we all kind of want a little bit more out of the, our media now. And look, we've, we've been blessed by having 20 years of awesome storytelling from, the MCU and Kevin Feige and now folks who are, you know, fans or not fans of James Gunn are maybe going to see similar type work from the DCU. So I don't know, man, it's, it's exciting times, but yeah, the, the media does suffer from fatigue after a while. So I can see where your hesitancy and I'm, I'm not saying that these movies are immune from criticism. I'm going criti- to criticize the shit out of some stuff in a mm-hmm. bit here, but uh, it's it's a weird space to exist in. Like, yeah. unless I'm getting paid to criticize it, I'm not going to. It, mm-hmm. If I enjoyed it, then it's done its job. It's not quite disposable media because I probably will go back and rewatch some of the stuff eventually, but it's just, it is what it is. And yeah. it, it's a product. I'm consuming it. You know, it's just, uh, it's like fast food. Yes, very much fast food. It occupy it. It's turned into the time suck that is, you know, waiting in line for for something and, and scrolling through your phone. Uh, entertainment has become the same thing. Unfortunately, there's just too much, and the things that are great are great, but they're only great for short shelf life. Yeah, Burger King, McDonald's, Disney. It all winds up the same color in the end. Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, Next up in the running order, you have an in memoriam category, which uh, instead of like going back and looking at, you know, who died this year, and there were a fair few people, but but none of them really stuck in my mind, like the one that I picked. Okay, and then you may have the similar one because it was Kevin Conroy for me. Yeah, Kevin Conroy for me as well. That one stung. Like I can't lie, he's you know by all accounts was a great guy. you know, he was Batman for everybody for the last 30 years. And it was just, uh, you know, it was, it was a real loss because he was still pretty young. He was only in his 60s, right? Yes. So that was, and I guess, you know, he had been sick with cancer for a while. And apparently, or allegedly, I would say he does have, or no, actually, apparently, he has one more Batman role coming out as part of that uh, Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League game. I guess it was confirmed during the Game Awards that he is voicing Batman. Eh, I mean, ideally not the thing that you'd want him to go out with, but yeah. yeah. I mean, he's he's given us so many great memories, and I think Kevin Smith did a really good job as far as eulogizing him and talking about it that I think probably rings true for just about everybody that I've heard talk about Kevin Conroy, and mm-hmm. that's that when you're reading a Batman comic, like that's the voice you hear. Like he's, he's the voice of Batman. And anytime you have to read and you're, you're hearing that voice inside your head of Batman, that's just automatically what it defaults to. And I mean, that's considering everyone who's played that character and, and just the level that he brought to it, the gravitas, like, Dude was, you know, went to Juilliard. He was a Juilliard trained performer. Um, roommates with Superman. Roommates with Superman. He, he's got a, a, an extensive career in Broadway before he ever even shows up to record one line of dialogue for, for Batman. And he brought that same level of confidence and grace to the role. Uh, he made Bruce Wayne every bit as important as Batman and Batman every bit as important as Bruce Wayne. The two couldn't exist without the other. And he, he brought elements, he let elements of, you know, Bruce Wayne bleed into Batman and Batman bleed into Bruce Wayne. I think the likes that nobody has ever done before. And he did it all with his voice. Yep. Which is amazing. And badass. 
you know, with regards to him going out, his last Batman role being the video game, like I, I really can't think of anything else. Like we're spoiled for choice. Like we have an entire we have series of he has his own Batman series. He had Justice League and Justice League uh Unlimited. Unlimited. I was gonna say beyond. Uh Batman Beyond also. Uh he was in the Crisis crossover in as old man Bruce Bruce Wayne. Like on and, the Berlanti verse, yeah. Yeah. And he did a uh him and Mark Hamill did the killing joke. So there's mm-hmm. really not much else that he could have done. Like he, you know, just played the role consistently throughout his life. And yeah, I, I couldn't think of like if I was to pull a Batman story out of the hat that, you know, for him to have as his last role, like there really isn't one because he's already done it all. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's, you know, just terrible that, you know, we lost him so unexpectedly. One of those things where going to as many conventions as I have, uh, I'm grateful that I was able to check him off the list and, oh, yeah. and get a chance to meet him and, and thank him for everything that he's done. Uh, if you're, on the fence when you you see these folks who are starting to get up there in time but i mean really anybody give them their flowers now while they're still here if you have an opportunity if they're important to you if they meant that much to you um as somebody who likes to put out art myself as an artist artists love getting to talk about themselves and love (laughs) getting to hear how much you may have impacted their work so if you have the opportunity to share with them make sure you do man yeah, I don't to be know. able to go back and thank Kevin Conroy one more time would be awesome. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know that I ever met him. I feel like that would be something that I would remember. But like, mm-hmm. you know, the, like I was the only stories I have. I was once in the bathroom with Chewbacca and R2-D2 at the same time. That was that was wild. Yeah. So uh, Peter Mayhew and Kenny Baker both no longer with us. Peter Mayhew, another one, man. Just uh, a huge, huge heart and and putting a lot of good out into the community and somebody who saw their, their celebrity as a way to help impact others with the Peter Mayhew foundation. So yeah, which, uh, you know, Kevin Conroy, I think was involved with them at the end there. I think they were helping him with treatment or what have you. So, so yeah, that's really the only one that stuck out for me. I can't honestly think off the top of my head, anybody else of that, you know, germane to what we're talking about. That would be worthy of discussion, but Kevin Conroy, that was, that was that was terrible. Um, next up, we have HBO Max course correct. Oh man! So poor HBO Max. Poor HBO Max. Uh, I'll start by saying I have not paid for it. I will never pay for it. Uh, you know, I'm doing the adult thing and suckling off of my parents' cable subscription. Even though I get a complimentary one through my AT and T phone plan, I still have. Mm-hmm. I'm still using their sign in for it. So, um, not going well. Um, just with all, all the cancellations and removal of series that I like, like I just off the top of my head, uh, they canceled infinity train, which was an amazing short animated series. And then they, after they canceled it within a month, I think they took all the episodes down and half that series is available on DVD. So half the series doesn't have physical releases. You can still buy it on iTunes for right now, but it's just like, it's almost lost media at this point. Yeah. Um, Young Justice, they did another season of that. Like Young Justice, I feel like it, it was on borrowed time because they did two seasons on Cartoon Network. They did, I think, two seasons on or maybe a split season on the DC app, if you remember that from a few years back. I sure do. And then uh, it just popped up on HBO Max. They did a new season. It kind of has a, a resolution, but there are still like dangling plot threads. And they ended the, the series with a teaser for what was going to come next. Uh, and tying into what we're going to talk about with James Gunn, um, there has been talk of them kind of farming out the DC animated stuff to like Amazon. So Young Justice, like hopefully may not be dead yet. I've been reading the comic book tie-in that it's been publishing, which has been great. Uh, they canceled uh, Joe Parra Talks With You, which was another amazing show. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. Adult Swim show. It's real... I don't want to say like Prairie Home Companion because that's, you know, Prairie Home Companion is terrible, but it's a real quiet comedy type show and it yeah. takes place in northern Michigan and that's still on there. But uh, they did three seasons of that. And, you know, it's all just like all the cancellations are just bottom line. Like 
if you can't justify your existence, if you're not like a Game of Thrones, like even Westworld wasn't safe. Yeah. And it just feels to me like the people who are trying to figure out streaming services in Hollywood have taken a very, very like ready, shoot, aim approach. Like (laughs) we're going to green light everything because we need all this content. And Mm -hmm. then like the people who like they have to report to are coming back and like, well, how do we monetize everything that we're doing? And like, nobody's got a really good answer on how you monetize it. And then eventually throw over meets the road and you have to balance your checkbook and you don't have enough money to pay for all these things that you greenlit and you have to start going through and figure out what ones are making you money and which ones aren't making you money. And while, Hey, there's a lot of things out there. Like, like you just said, they're very, very niche. A lot of times niche is what gets cut because niche don't pay the bills. That's why I don't understand why people spend so much time hating things that they're so passionate about when you should appreciate the things that you have while they're still there, because there's no telling when HBO Max is going to come through and decide that, hey, guess what? Discovery Max is no longer part of us, and we're just going to cut off all these things that that don't make us money, because at the end of the day, it started off as show business, and it's still a business. So. Yep. And they're going to be yanking uh, Westworld off of HBO Max pretty soon here, which... I guess even though they're not making a fifth and final season, everybody involved is still getting paid for it. So that that sounds like an exactly sane way to spend your money. Then if yeah. you're going to pay those people, don't produce anything from it. Just pay them and stay at home. And, you know, season one of Westworld was great, but it was definitely like a law of diminishing returns. Like every subsequent mm-hmm. season was just not as good as the previous one, but it, they, Agreed. there was the promise that they were going to have a strong finish. And, but at the same point, I'm not going to lose any sleep over them not being able to finish. It's not going to be like, uh, you know, legendary canceled series that ended on a cliffhanger for yep. me. So I don't know. Like, it's just the entire thing is like, you know, with the Batgirl movie. That's like, the one that really hurts. Like, I yeah. think more than any any of the other ones. And like, you could say what you want about getting Keaton Batman back. And that that really sucks. But more than anything, like. From the people that have talked about it, at least they were trying new things and it was going in directions that they hadn't gone in before, uh, which if you watched Black Adam, like, yeah, what they were doing before didn't translate to to box office gold all the time. So I, I don't understand the folks who are out there taking this approach of, you know, James Gunn is the Antichrist coming to to destroy, you know, uh, a nursery full of kittens like it, <laughs> what are you trying to save exactly I, I don't understand what that is but yeah it's a good uh, segue to the next uh bullet point which is the gun era at yeah. dc and the only note that i wrote down for this i'm like it can't get any worse it can't and i i just don't understand what are we fighting for like is Zack snyder out here like saying that he wants to make more movies is he out there like trying to rally the troops He's Does, not, but he created a monster that uh, is just self-sustaining right now. It, it feels as if it's it's a lot more than, like, I don't even think it's about anything to do with the Snyderverse anymore. It just feels like it's taken on a life all unto itself, and just we, we want to resist change for the sake of resisting change, because we liked our toys, and we don't want to play with any other toys. Yeah, it's a bunch of, you know, contrarian edgelords, and when... The Snyder Cut initially came out. I, you know, like Babe Ruth pointing to the stands, I called my shot and I, you know, texted our editor and I was like, it's out now. They should be happy. They're not going to be happy and they're going to demand that it gets a theatrical release and then it's going to get a theatrical release. And then as soon as it doesn't make any money at the theater, they're going to say it should have gotten a wider release. And then if it gets a wider release, they're going to say, well, why wasn't it nominated for, you know, an Oscar or Golden Globe or it's just the goalposts are constantly moving. They're never going to be happy. And like, I, I don't think, I think it's a lot of people that don't want to admit they're wrong. Eric, I don't want to go political, <laughs> but all of it feels political, doesn't yeah. it? It just feels as if we're just going to deny things that are blatantly obvious and staring right at us. And you're going to tell us that like, look, I liked Man of Steel. I enjoyed Henry Cavill. But I'm not going to sit here and say that what makes the most sense for the DCEU as a whole isn't to just burn the entire thing to the ground and start anew. Like, 
if you can get a better story out of it and James Gunn has done nothing but deliver quality entertainment to us for what the past 20 years. Yeah. I trust him. I'm sure he's going to do great work. And and the fact that people are out here and just like Henry Cavill probably doesn't even care about playing Superman that much. Like it's just a gig for him before the ink was dry on them, you know, writing a check for his services no longer being needed. He like was already signed up for that Amazon prime Warhammer series. So it ain't no sweat off his back. He, he said as much, why are you fighting for it? It just, it boggles my mind. Yeah. It's, it's the partisan politics of the comic book movie world. Like it's like people and there, there's a huge, you know, Delta between box office and quality. Like people think that, I hate it when people go, well, you know, Avengers may is the highest uh, end game is the highest grossing movie of all time. Ergo, it's better than DC movies because DC movies didn't make any money. That doesn't hold water for me. Yeah. Like As soon as you ascribe dollar amount to something's value, then you're in trouble. But, you know, if we're and even if we're looking at uh, looking at that on its face, none of the DC movies really made any money. Yeah. They, they weren't the kind of Marvel runaway successes that uh, Warner Brothers wanted. Well, The Rock came out and The Rock's like, it's already beat Captain America, the first Avenger. And it's like, come on, yeah, Rock. Like, a, mov- a movie that's, uh, what, 12 years old? And it's what, maybe 18th on the list of how much how much money Marvel movies have brought in? Like, it's nowhere near the top. And you're going to sit there and act as if, like, you know, pump your chest out like. As long as we're talking about Black Adam, I did sit down and subject myself to it. I on, did too. Yeah. And it's like, I'm the rock is, you know, the rock Dwayne Johnson is Dwayne Johnson, but he has charisma. You have to, if you're going to be a pro wrestler, I know no, almost nothing about it, but in that movie, he was a vacuum of charisma. Like the character, like every, it just seemed like, it seemed like a long trailer. And then they just kind of filled in the rest of the movie with AI. Yeah, there was a lot like and I'm not one who usually complains about like like I watched She-Hulk and like it didn't it didn't bother me. I was able to enjoy it. The mm-hmm. the CG graphics were not good. Like it, there were definitely parts where I butted up against it and I, but I was able to overlook it cuz I was enjoying the the content itself. Yeah. But like Black Adam, look, there were a lot of points in Black Adam. Where I was like, "Oh, I see where they're trying to go with this movie and it looks like it'd be a lot of fun, but it, it, Black Adam felt to me like somebody sold Dwayne ages ago on this character. Yeah. And like, look, Hey, as a wrestler, you were really good as like a cool bad guy. Here's a cool bad guy in black Adam. Like people love this guy and he's not really good and he's not really bad. He kind of goes by his own rules. And that probably spoke to Dwayne. Like I can figure out how to, you know, make this guy work. And they had to do a lot of lifting in order to make black Adam work for the rock. I mean, the main takeaway is I think the movie, the fact that it got made through sheer force of will, mm-hmm. like because he's he'd been talking about doing a Black Adam movie for like what five ten years, probably more than that. Like yeah. I, I remember him always being attached. Probably even like what when Bale was still doing Batman. I think that's, he was trying to get this off the ground. That sounds about right because yeah. you know, as soon as the Bale Batman movies wrapped up, that was Man of Steel time, yeah. which was twenty thirteen, so ten years ago now. So it's been a decade. And yeah, I'd go so far to say that he's the only person that really wanted the movie. Absolutely. And just like, like it was cool to see like, you know, Dr. Fate and Hawkman and like there were embers of good characters in there. Like they could have been utilized, like a JSA movie would have, you know, would have killed, but it's like, you got the JSA, you have two old timers, two newbies. Where's Jay Garrick as the flash? Where's, you know, Alan Scott, Green Lantern. There's not going to be a Green Lantern anywhere near a DC property because that property is radioactive right now. Yeah. Uh, just like, like Fantastic Four. I, I saw what they were trying to do with like, you know, look, they're trying to make Hawkman like Black Panther. Right. Mm-hmm. And and there's some some things there where you can kind of draw some correlations, but then they don't like flesh it out any more than they did. And it, he just becomes like this sidekick character who may or may not play an integral role based on what you know pierce brosnan's dr fate keeps telling us throughout the the movie but it no one cares besides that yeah and like he he just needed a cool ship so we're gonna make him kind of wakandan 
Yeah, and, and Kandak or Kandak or whatever is uh, kind of like Wakanda because they're mining uh, unobtainium or whatever it's called. Ethereum? No. Uh, Eternium? Yeah. <laughs> whatever the hell they're... <laughs> And inner gang is this terrible like organization that's overseeing like this city, but they've got flying cars. Yeah. Um, the people aren't real. Like you don't see anything other than a checkpoint that like is like the terrible things that inner gang is doing. So I don't buy that. They're like holding these people down. Like yeah, they're, they're just kind of living their life. And you know, as it's established spoilers at the end of the movie, Superman's out there farting around like, you know, suddenly they're going to send the justice society who hitherto, unknown to us in there to take care of black Adam or something. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it was just, it, and it was, it felt so much longer than it was. It was just an exhausting movie on all fronts. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. And it kind of seems like the final nail in, e- even though it's not, we still have two more nails to go. Like the, the final nail in the coffin that was the DCEU. How, how is it that they're sitting here and they're shelving entire movies as tax write-offs? And they're still going to release something like Shazam, Fury of the Gods, or whatever the hell it's called, or the Flash. Like I, like I will be surprised if I get a decent. If this Flash movie is decent, like I, I think we all have issues with Ezra Miller. Like hundred percent. You know we're not entirely safe at the moment. Like any of us could be attacked by them at any moment. He could. They could be behind me, and I wouldn't know any better. Like yeah, crazy. Yeah, and it's just uh, there's another Aquaman movie coming who that has another problematic Hollywood celebrity in it. Uh, Who's in that one? Amber, Amber Heard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they've got these movies that are kind of, like the Flash movie was announced. I think the like right after they announced Grant Gustin as the Flash, and Grant Gustin is wrapping up his tenure as the Flash nine years later, and we're. Still not. I I think the Flash series will be over by the time the movie hits cinemas, like next spring or summer. Eric, you and I have been talking about this entire universe since day one. As yeah. far as like, why don't they just let Berlanti do it? Why don't they like bring in somebody who knows what they're doing? And now they're bringing in somebody who knows what they're doing, and people are rejecting it because they wanted the other thing that wasn't working. Yeah, it's just it's weird, contrarian bullshit, and like James Gunn. You know, I, I think him going to DC, like the Suicide Squad was okay. It was probably the most watchable of the DCEU movies. Like if you he like did, him, fine, you know. He, he did great with Peacemaker. Yeah, uh, like Peacemaker was genius. Brilliant. And like there's all these extremely, you know, smooth brain reductive takes out there. It's like, oh, he's going to turn it into a, an Avenger style quip fest with, uh, or, you know, they're, we're going to get a movie with Superman talking about his dick. It's like, no, like he understands, you know, character and story structure. Uh, One of the other things that I didn't like about Black Adam is there was a lot of little Snyder flourish. It's like the slow-mo ramping that they would do Mm. during action scenes. Yeah. So the further we get from that, the better. And there's the rumor about, uh, what's his name? Jason Momoa as Lobo, which that's probably what it should have been initially. He's been an okay man. Jason Momoa is great. He sold me on Aquaman. But again, I'll bet Jason Momoa is sitting there saying like, hey, if I could go like if I could continue to be in like better movies, it here's the perfect for me, the one to one correlation. Jason Momoa should point at Dave Bautista and be like, Dave Bautista is not a good an actor as I am. <laughs> and he's getting all these better roles. I should be like getting in movies similar to him where like they're leaning towards his strengths. And, and Aquaman did a pretty good job of that, but man, Lobo would really turn him up a notch, wouldn't it? Like and, you talk about broing out, and he's not gonna. He wouldn't have to. Uh, it's not that much of a stretch for him. He's already riding crazy motorcycles. He just you know put some face paint on him, red contact lenses, and give him a space motorcycle. That is that is his Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. Like just let him go crazy, have fun, be yourself on camera, and we're gonna tell you some bullet points to hit along the way, and just we're gonna film it yeah and you know i feel bad you know as bad as one can feel for henry cavill you know who's living his best possible life at the moment because i would have liked to have seen him in a good superman movie like you know man of steel didn't do anything for me i don't like that you know grim you know godlike take on superman it should be an optimistic fun type of movie and yeah we had 
three chances to get it, and they got it wrong every time, in my opinion. I think what you're going to end up getting out of James Gunn is James Gunn is going to be like, if it makes sense for the story, it'll make sense for the story. So I think that down the road, maybe you'll get to see like Henry Cavill gets to go and do, you know, five, 10 years of movies that he wants to do, gets to become a better actor. And then he gets to return and come back and maybe they do something like Kingdom Come or they go back and they Superman. Yes. Give me something like that where he comes back in and, They've cleaned house and now he gets to take an opportunity to do a victory lap and and play Superman the way that he wanted to play Superman initially and, and give him a little gray hair and yes. Yeah. It worked on the Witcher. So why not? Like, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, I think at the end of the flash, they should have James Gunn show up in a purple wig and he's the pariah from crisis. on infinite earths and just hand wave away everything that came before. Yeah. So because I, I the Flash movie was supposed to be like kind of a soft reboot for the DC movies. It's supposed to introduce the concept of the multiverse, but things have just gone so sideways with the entirety of the DCEU that there's literally no saving it at this point. Yeah. It, what's the point? Like, it, just burn it all to the ground and, and start anew. And look, I, I enjoyed a lot of the performances. Galgado. Fabulous Wonder Woman. Uh, ben Affleck, better better Batman Bruce Wayne than I thought he was going to be. I enjoyed his performance. <laughs> it's I withering Henry praise. Ben. Well, not, I'm just saying, like, I think that if you give those same actors, if you gave them better, better dialogue, better stories to work with, it could have been great. But those things weren't there, and that's what needs to be corrected. You can, you can interchange actors, as we've learned. Yeah, and with you know, the gun era at DC, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be better because it can't get any worse. Like I can't imagine him shitting the bed in such a way that it's going to be worse than what we have now. Like he has a clear vision. That's more than we had before. And in the interest of uh, equal time, I will now proceed to shit on Marvel. Please. <laughs> uh, I took a look at all the Marvel movies that came out this year. There are three of them. Uh, and like I like Doctor Strange because they let Sam Raimi be Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. Thor, uh, they kind of let Taika Waititi be a little too Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. which worked for me. I was okay with it, but you know, it was the movie was a little bit of a mess. Uh, Black Panther, you know, Wakanda Forever. It's a complex issue that I shouldn't comment on. <laughs> um, I saw it. Uh, I feel like the movie shouldn't have been made. Like I, a part of me feels like they definitely needed to make the movie to set up whatever is coming next from Marvel. Okay. Like I, I feel like the bottom line, you know, the shareholders, like they have a release window and they had to make this release window. The movie is better than it has any right to be. It's a, you know, interesting movie about like, you know, mourning and grief, but it's also a, you know, high concept sci-fi rigmarole Marvel comics movie. Yeah. And, you know, the, like every frame, you definitely feel that Chadwick Boseman isn't there. And it's weird to see actors that aren't really acting because they're processing their grief and, you know, on the screen. And it's, you know, when I say the movie shouldn't have been made, I'm not saying it shouldn't have, like they, they made the movie and it's the best movie they could have made with what they had available. So do you feel maybe like, were you approaching it more from the standpoint of you felt you were watching more like cinema verite type thing where you're, getting to watch them process and maybe that's something they should have should not have put on film uh i'm not well they they did it anyways so yeah yeah. um but it's strange just because there's not a lot of acting like chadwick boseman by all accounts was a great person you Mm -hmm. know good guy loved by his peers tremendous actor and there's not a lot of acting going on when they're mourning him which is i don't want to say it was uncomfortable to watch it was real which was you know, when you go see a superhero movie, you're generally not prepared to see some real shit like that. Gotcha. So, you know, it, they they mourned in public, which was interesting. And, you know, I hope to God that they never have to do another movie like this again, you know, that deals with it the way they did. But it's just like if they could have taken time and I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's saying that they should have recast them, they 
you know, Ryan Coogler made a decision and it was a, it was a baller decision, you know, that they're not going to recast the character and it's kind of altering the trajectory of the Marvel movies. Like, I don't know what it's interesting from a, a fandom standpoint. Cause I don't know what's going to be next. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I think you could have said a lot of that, like leading up to whatever phase two has been like, yeah. because it's just been a mess. Yeah. So it, it's, it's interesting. It's such a complex movie for a superhero movie. And I'm not trying to say that it, it shouldn't be. It's kind of pushing the medium forward in unanticipated ways. And it's terrible that, you know, somebody had to, you know, pass on for this type of movie to be made. So like, I can't, it's, it's impossible to, an analogy I'll use is David Bowie's last record. Okay. It came out and I was like, Oh, cool. I'll buy that later this week. And I never had the opportunity to listen to the record before he passed. So everything that is contained in that record is colored by my perception of his passing. And, yeah. you know, that's what the record is about. He was dying. He was making a record. But I never had the ability to experience it without, you know, through through a different lens. Yeah. Like, ha- had I listened to it on the day it came out, I may have, have, I may have different feelings about it. Sure. I can so, see that. So, yeah, it's... uh it's really weird and complex. So don't know what I got to say about that. No, I think you said it beautifully. I, I think sometimes like this is one of those things where we all experience art in different ways. And mm-hmm. I, I think that nothing is better than, you know, when you do connect with something, even when it's bittersweet the way that, you know, Bowie's last record was. So, I mean, like you said, it adds that nuance and unfortunately somebody had to pass away for you to have it, but you'll always have that somewhat bittersweet connection to them and, you know, snap you right back to reminding you of all the reasons why you loved that person to begin with and why you showed up. Have you, know, you seen it yet? Black Panther? Yeah. No, but I, I, I know the little the general credits. I know what they do in yeah. order to, and I thought that was great. And it's one of those things where, it makes all the sense in the world and you didn't consider it until it's presented to you. And you're mm-hmm. like, of course that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it, it's interesting. So looking ahead to 2023 uh, movies series, like the only thing that really springs to mind for me right now, like, I don't know what's coming for Marvel next. Like I, I have no Ant-Man I think is coming pretty soon. Yeah. Which looks like it could be interesting. Um, like I kind of just let these things happen now. Like, yeah, it's we're at the point where like my involvement in it is I'm, I'm just a passenger at this point. It's going to happen regardless of, you know, whether or not I'm aware of it. And I like being surprised. Like I'm, I'm dialed in just enough that I know what's going on and I can explain it to my, my dad, if he asks me about it, but some uh, of my best experiences though, in, in entertainment in the past few years have been with properties that I bump up to where I had no, no prior experience with them or, you know, no i didn't see a trailer i didn't get the gist of where we were going with the series so i'm with you going in cold uh as far as like something i am looking forward to uh season three the last season of picard is coming in february and they're They're just going full next generation aren't they yeah they're getting the band back together everybody's back uh the last trailer they had had a couple big surprises in it uh picard i've liked like there's been a lot of criticism about the series online, like that people, you know, another, you know, water's wet. The sky's blue. Mm. Uh, but like, I liked it. I've liked what they've done. Uh, people wanted what season three is supposed to be, which is just, Hey, we're all back together. And you know, Star Trek enterprise, whatever. Um, it has the potential to go really well or be completely terrible. Cause Patrick Stewart, like, He's in his 80s now, and this is it. Like, he's, you know, unless there's any kind of, uh, you know, deep fake technology that's coming, it's, you know, we're not going to see much, any. This is this is his swan song, is Picard. Sure. So, I don't know. Like, I can't really think of anything else off the top of my head that's coming. You know? uh, so, speaking of octogenarians who <laughs> probably well, there, shouldn't be doing it. There's that. Indiana just, uh, Jones is on the way, buddy. Yeah. Um, 
the the question is it going to be worse than Crystal Skull? I don't think it is. I don't think it is either. No, James, I think James Mangold knows what he's doing. No Shia LaBeouf. Phoebe Waller Bridge is awesome. Great. Uh, Harrison Ford. You know he'll show up for a hot sandwich. Like if you if you wave a paycheck at him, like he has a very mercenary attitude about these. Like they asked him about doing uh, another Star Wars. He's like, well, why'd you decide to do another one? He's like, well, because they paid me. Which you know, yeah. But, Props. Pay I, me right effing now. Like Harrison Ford will show up if you cut the check. <laughs> yeah, he is a journeyman actor, which I appreciate. Um, yeah. uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 looks like it's going to be... That's the other thing about James Gunn. Like He apparently has access to my you know, Apple Music playlist because I felt like I was the only person listening to Space Hog in the year of our Lord 2022. Right. Yet they dropped that in the trailer and I'm, you know, it's like, oh, that's I bought that my junior year of high school or whatever. The first, th- I don't know if you're like me, but one of the first things I did is like, wait, what time frame were we at again? Like, how old was Peter when when he found or well, like, he got what, that uh, got the, the Zoom, Zoom, right? Yeah. Okay, so I got to figure out like when was that Zoom? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, it would have been around for Space Hog, obviously. Yeah. So, like, I I think they finally stopped making Zooms and maybe like 2010 at the latest. So, yeah, yeah we have 30 years worth of music that could be on that thing, which is. I'll be curious to see what he comes comes at us with because it, you know, it would have been really funny had the holiday special been like Peter. We actually got you an iPad, oh, this thing <laughs> called an iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> you can stream music across the galaxy now. Exactly. Yeah, Rocket so. figured something out off screen like 15 minutes ago, so we're good to go. Yeah, some sci-fi nonsense. Which yeah, I think James Gunn works well when he's in a box. So, mm-hmm. you know, with respect to the awesome mix one and two, there were clear constraints uh, placed on that. And I, he's in a much bigger box now with the DC universe. So I'll be curious to see what he pulls off. He's the, uh, he, he directs and does his needle drops very much like uh, you would expect from somebody in an escape room. Like I've got just the tool (laughs) for this particular job and let's play queen right now. (laughs) Yeah. So any final thoughts? I think we're at about time. No, man. Uh, really excited for what 2023 will, will bear out for us as far as, you know, pop culture is concerned. I'm really excited to uh, to get more more Disney Plus series and, and just like learn more things. Oh, it, more than anything, I want to is Stranger Things wrapping up this year or are they producing? Oh, my it God. Still? I, I think it's still like another couple years away. Still another couple years away. I, I was hoping to put that to bed because <laughs> like it feels like it's been going on forever. But I just want to be put out a. It but it was a good series like it was a good series yeah yeah i enjoyed it it made me remember why i like stranger things in the first place but yes i'm ready for it to be over as well yeah i'm ready like it was good i liked it but i'm ready for it to be done with yes you know those kids all have mortgages now yeah yeah (laughs) get them in a marvel movie yeah they will you know from your lips to kevin feige's ears they're probably all gonna be x-men you know coming up pretty soon here Ooh, (laughs) i like that yeah, so pop culture is going to keep on keeping on. You can find us over at biffbampop.com. Uh, I don't, I'm not particularly active on Twitter anymore. You can find me on Instagram at EA Henson, no punctuation or anything. You're at Cap, the number 10 America, right? At Cap 10 America. Yes, sir. Hey. Oh, man. hey, look oh, at that. Hey. Oh, wow. Banners. Got a little, uh, for the uh, people listening at home, there's a little uh, Chiron on the screen scrolling across all this technology. I feel like what a world, what a world we live in exactly yeah moon pies gotta love it all right buddy all right man good talking with you uh like bitbandpop.com we'll see you in the funny pages absolutely take care everybody see you